if you made a New Year's resolution that you're going to attend church more, you're off to a good start. You know, it's funny, I don't know, was it last week or week before I asked how many people had made New Year's resolutions and no one had. So do people not do that anymore? Do people not make New Year's resolutions? Or has it got to the point that you just know you can't keep them so you don't even try? Did you guys make a New Year's resolution to get to church earlier? Because, hey, because you did it. You, I mean, you're here. Oh, the Richardsons sit up there, and they're, I, they're some of my favorite people in the whole wide world. And, uh, and, and, you know, boy, they just love the church. They support the church, and we love them. But, you know, sometimes they miss the first couple points of my sermon. <laughs> and so I asked I, I ask Lamont about that one time. He said, well, it's never good till the end anyway. And <laughs> Maybe he didn't say that. Maybe that's what my wife told me. That's what it was. Starla told me that. God bless you for being here today on the first Sunday, 2020. How many have been battling the flu or the strep throat or a cold or something like that? Well, there's a few of us sinners here. The rest of you guys are Christians. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the devil's been beating me up this week. He has turned me every way but loose, but I want you to know the devil is defeated. I serve a risen Savior, and by his stripes I am healed. And I give God praise and I give God glory for the strength that's in my body. And so, wow, can you believe it? I mean, where did last year go? I mean, 2019, it's gone. And here we are, 2020. And so today, let me say, if, if you're sad to see 2019 leave or you're thrilled that last year is over, one thing that we need to be careful to do is remember the good things that God did for us last year. You know, a lot of times we are so quick to move on and we forget how to celebrate how God has seen us through another year. God has been with us. And so we need to thank God for what he did and what he is continuing to do behind the scenes. For you see, we don't always see how God is working in our lives. And we wonder, God, where are you? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? It's all a setup for the preferred future that God has for you. And so even though those things that you didn't realize were good, those things that the enemy intended to use to destroy you, God was still working on your behalf, and he is still working on your behalf, and he's laying a fantastic foundation for your 2020. This year, friend, is your year. Okay, so 12 people received that. I was counting. I was counting. So 12 of you are ready to go. The rest of you are just going to stay in the mully grubs of 2019. That's better than some of you. You're living back in 1817. But anyway, turn your Bibles with me to Zechariah chapter 2. Zechariah chapter 2, we're going to begin reading at verse number 1. The Word of God says, I looked up and saw a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, where are you going? He answered me, to measure Jerusalem to determine its width and length. Then the angel who was speaking with me went out, and another angel went out to meet him. Verse 4, 
He said to him, run and tell this young man, Jerusalem will be inhabited without walls because of the number of people and livestock in it. The declaration of the Lord is this. I myself will be a wall of fire around it, and I will be the glory within it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know this passage is a promise from Almighty God. And do you realize that when God gets involved, there are no limits and there are no boundaries that can contain him? And God said that Jerusalem will be a city without walls, and that means that God wants you to know that in 2020, you can be a person without walls. You can be a person without boundaries, and you can be a person without limits on your life. God's promise for you today is that this year is going to be your year. You say, well, how do you know? Because it's the promise of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, And we all are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. God wants us to live in 2020 with ever-increasing glory. And we all doesn't mean just some of us. It doesn't mean those of you who are healthy. It doesn't just mean those of you who are well-off financially. The Word says, and we all can live with ever-increasing glory. And what that means is we live from glory to glory, and we live from victory to victory, and we live from power to power. But the good news doesn't stop there because Proverbs 4.18 says, the path of the righteous, which is your path, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until midday. God promises that this year you can shine brighter and brighter. It's not because I said so. It's not because you're due. It's not because you're so good looking. This year is your year because it is God's promise to every one of his followers. And the thing is, his word is true. There is no doubt. His word is absolute and it will come real in your life when you follow him. When God says this is your year, you can count on it and you can take it to the bank. You see, because when God promises something, it's as sure as the sun coming up in the morning and Starla buying new shoes. You can count on that. It's going to happen. And this year is going to be better than last year. And we declare that because it's in the Word of God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, Everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. Through Jesus Christ, that means we can have victory over this carnal, sin-ridden planet. Jesus also said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And Jesus overcame this world for you and me. And because he conquered death, hell, and the grave, Christ reigns in victory. And God says, you and I as joint heirs with Christ are entitled to share in the victory of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to understand some things. And one is this. This is your year because we are not starting from zero. And we are not starting from square one. As difficult as 2019 may have been for you, as challenging as it perhaps was, you need to remember that there was something that you were able to achieve last year. 
If you weren't able to accomplish anything else except to breathe air and eat donuts, at least thank God that you were able to do that. I'm telling you. Here's the thing. If I ask you, were you blessed in 2019? If you're honest, if you're honest, every one of you sitting in this room today could tell me about some way that you were blessed last year. Every single one of you. And if you're a Christian, whether your 2019 was good or bad, I want you to know that God was working on your behalf last year because all things work together for the good of those who believe. And I want you to know he's continuing to work on your behalf in this year for the positive outcome that he has for you. And so let that be your springboard into this new year. You're not starting at zero in 2020. It may be a new year, but God laid the foundation for a great year for you back in 2019. And as bad as you think last year may have been, there is something that you learned that can springboard you into this year. Problem is, a lot of times we overlook the great things that God is doing in our lives because we forget to study our own story. We forget to look at where God has brought us from. And see, when you don't tell your own story, when you don't rejoice in the things that God has brought you through, you're not sharing the continuing story of God's redemption in your life. Now, there are things that you started last year perhaps that are good and you need to continue doing them. There are miracles that you experienced last year that you need to praise God for. Maybe last year was the year you started reading your Bible regularly. Maybe last year was the year you started praying on a regular basis. Maybe last year was the year you started paying your tithe. And because of those things, faith has grown on the inside of you as a result of things you started doing last year. Things that happened last year, at a glance, they may look insignificant, just small little things, but they're the foundation of what God is going to do in your life in 2020. And that's why this is your year, because you're not starting from zero. Listen, what you learned in 2019 and what God accomplished in you in 2019 and what you lived through in 2019 is a step forward, and that's why your 2020 is going to be a better year. Remember, you're not starting from square one. The foundation of last year is your seed for this year, and that seed will produce fruit. The maturity, the growth, what you learned last year is something that God planted down deep in your life. And what God plants, no one can uproot or take away. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, what you lived through, as difficult as it may have been, has roots. And those roots are growing in your life right now. Remember, the Word says all things work for your good. So those roots will give you the strength to stand taller in this upcoming year. Your experience in Christ will provide nutrition to your spirit so you can stand strong in the face of what this year brings. Friend, this is your year. Are you going to reach out and seize it? In 2020, I want you to know this is your year because you will not set limits on your God. Get that down in your spirit. I will not set limits on what God has for my life. 
This year, God wants to tear down the boundaries that you have. Like I said, last year, he laid the foundation for what will be the springboard into God's preferred future for your life. But too many times, so many times, we become experts at setting limits and boundaries for what God can do in our lives. God wants to bless us, and we say, well, no, God, we can't go that far. Mama told me not to wander off from home. And when we do things like that, I mean, look, think about it. I mean, we certainly have a lot of nerve. Here we are thinking that we know more than the creator of everything, the creator of us. We know better than the creator what we need and how we need to go about getting it. That doesn't make sense, does it? And so we put limits on what God can do in our lives, in our marriage, on our job, with our finances. And so because of that, there are things that we just don't dare imagine. There are still things that we just don't have enough faith to believe that God can do in our lives. Now I realize that there were things that we prayed for last year, all of us. And some of them were answered and some were not. But here's the thing, folks. Don't let the knots keep you from praying for things that you never prayed for before. There's still so much more God wants to accomplish in your life. This year, we need to do away with the boundaries and the limits that we've placed on God. I knew this guy, and he always carried a tape measure with him. I'm not kidding. The guy always had a little three-foot roll-up tape measure in his pocket. When he walked his daughter down the aisle to get married, he had that three-foot tape measure in his pocket of his rented tuxedo. I don't know why. The guy liked to measure things. But if we're honest, do you know that we like to measure things also? Now, you may not carry your measuring tape, but you certainly have a mental measuring tape. And as soon as God begins to plan a thought of something great that he wants to do in your life, you automatically take out that tape measure and you begin to set limits on God. You begin to reason why it can't be done. You want to heal me of what? You want to bless me how? Well, God, you've never done that before. Our human fallen nature dictates that we measure what we hear from God. And our text in Zechariah tells us about a man who wanted to measure the length and the width of Jerusalem. And because we want to measure everything, what do we end up doing? We end up measuring our blessings. We end up measuring the life of other people. We end up measuring our achievements. We end up measuring their achievements. We measure what we can do, and sadly, we measure what we can't do. We love to measure. And God is telling us that if we want this to be a better year, a year of blessings, a year of miracles, a year of God's power in our life, we've got to let go of the measuring tape. You've got to stop setting limits on God. Take down the barriers in your life. In 2020, we're going to have to expand our barriers to match the promises that God has given us in this book. But you know, it's, we go, come by it honestly, we don't even realize it. 
because it's so natural to us. And so we don't realize that we're putting limits and boundaries on what God wants to do in our life. I mean, God says, I want to heal you. And what do we say? Oh, but Lord, you know what the doctor said. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Maybe we need to get a second opinion. We're measuring God. God says, I have a better job for you this year. Oh, God, I don't know. You know, I dropped out of school. I don't know if I'm qualified for that. I'm not sure I can do it. This year, God says, I'm going to resurrect your marriage. I'm going to give you back your first love. Oh, but God, you know, it's gone from bad to worse. We're going to a counselor now, and I don't even like the counselor, much less my spouse. And we set limits on what God wants to do in our life. You're measuring God's blessings. You're setting up boundaries on God based on your negative limitations. Listen, when you place boundaries on God, you handcuff his ability to work in your life. And the ceiling of your blessing is shrinking so low that you have to bend over to even stand up. But you're not alone. Misery likes company. The Pharisees loved to measure. They had very strong mental measuring tapes. How much do you give? How much do you not give? How much do you do? How much do you sin? How many times do you forgive? <coughs> and sometimes, well, sometimes we act like Pharisees. Because every time God wants to do something big in our lives, limitations come to our minds. And we spend our life putting God in a box that we have designed with our own limited capabilities. This year, though, God wants you to throw away the measuring tape. He wants you to get rid of the measuring line because what he wants to do with you and through you and for you is something that is far too great for you to understand. That's why it takes faith. That's why it takes trust in him. And I want you to know whenever God intervenes and whatever God intervenes in, there ain't no limits. And that's why we need to take the governor off and let him work full throttle in our lives. But now, you know, in theory, we understand that. We understand. But in our day-to-day -day lives, we don't live it. I mean, we'll say amen to it on Sunday. In our heads, we understand that all things are possible for those who believe. We get that there's nothing impossible for God. But when it comes to the practicality of it, we cannot get it into our hearts and we really don't believe that God can do it for me right now. See, we say it with our mouth, but we really don't believe that God has tilled the fertile ground so that it will produce the fruit that he's planned for our life. Think about it. What limits did you place on God last year? Oh. <sighs> My sister's never going to change. <laughs> There's not going to be enough money to pay the bills. This business will never work. There's no way we can afford this house. 
But you see, the limit that you place on God is in reality how much you actually believe in God. The limit that you place on God is in reality how much you actually believe in God. How can you believe in God to save your soul when you can't believe on God, you can't believe in God to pay your bills? They're both in the book. How can you believe in God that he wants to save you from your sins, but you can't believe in God that he wants to heal your body? They're both in the book. Now, we don't understand God's ways. We don't understand why he does things and why he doesn't do things. But the fact is, we've got to take the boundaries off to let him do everything that he wants to do. Now, it's one thing to say, but it's another thing to do. But God wants us to take out all the stops for this coming year. He wants us to get rid of all the limits that we've placed on him. But I don't feel bad because remember, I told you misery loves company. Even our heroes in the Bible also place limits on God. When God called Moses and said, go and free my people, what did Moses do? He pulled out the measuring tape. God, you can't send me. I'm insecure. I'm slow of speech. Moses placed limits. Does it sound familiar? Have you ever said anything like that? Lord, with my education, with my background, I don't think I can. Lord, you know I don't finish things. Lord, I make bad choices. I make mistakes. We do the same thing. God spoke to Abraham and Sarah and promised them a son. And what they do, they immediately took out a measuring tape. They said, Lord, we're not dead, but we're sure too old for that. So is that the limit that you're placing on God this morning? Are you saying, Lord, I'm too old to start something new in my life? Starla, don't get any ideas. But see, deep inside of all of us, we've all placed limits on God. And what is the measuring tape you've been using to limit God's preferred future for your life? What are the limitations that you're placing on God right now? Church, God wants to break those limits so that this year he can do what he wants to do in your life. He wants to bring to pass that glorious future that he planned for you before you were ever conceived. But you see, too many times we place limits on God based on what we know, based on what we see, based on our circumstance, or based on our past. But today God is saying, if you set the limits on what he can do based on what you can't do or on what you've already done in your life, you're going to miss the boat. Because he is the one that came to bring hope where there was no hope. He's the one who came to make the impossible possible. Not just for certain people, but for you in 2020. This is your year. Yeah. 
so much so that God wants you to release your faith to the extent that you're going to have to tear up your old New Year's resolutions and write a whole new list based on the faith that you have in a God that has no limits. Let the Holy Spirit prompt you with ideas, with thoughts and seeds that he's already planted in your heart about the things that he wants to do in your life that you can develop and things that he wants you to overcome. God wants to bring growth into your life this year. He wants to bring prosperity and success into your life this year. He wants to bring health into your life this year. He wants to bring you to a new level where you've never been before. Friend, I want you to know this is your year if you will let God take over. But, Let's be honest. So many people, they don't like change. So many people would rather stay in the same mediocrity than take the risk to change. See, it's because we're creatures of habit. And we would rather tolerate today's status quo than seek tomorrow's unsure adventure. So really, friend, the ball is not in God's court. The ball is in your court. You have the option to stay exactly where you are, or you have the option to say and believe, God, 2020 is my year. Lord, 2020 is launching a new era in my life, not only in the physical, but also in the spiritual. 2020 will bring something new, not because of who I am or what I've done, but because of who you are, Lord, and what you did for me on the cross. I'm going to stop looking at my past. I'm going to stop looking at my failures. I'm going to stop looking at things I wasn't able to do, and I'm going to focus on the things that you have done, God. I'm going to focus on your victory, and this is a year when I I will release my faith to a new level. That should be our 2020 resolution. When the angel spoke to Mary, he said, Mary, you will have a child and he will be the son of God. And Mary asked a very important question. How can that be? I've never known a man. The angel responded, the Holy Spirit will come on you and overshadow you, for nothing is impossible for God. And Mary said something very important. May it be as you have said. Friend, let that be your prayer this year. Let it get down in your spirit and begin declaring it. Say, Lord, this is your year. This year is going to be better than last because what you say in your word and the fact that you say nothing is impossible. So I'm not starting from zero. I'm not going to set limits on what you can do in my life. And God, I release my faith today. May it be as you have said. Our text today said Jerusalem will be a city without walls, without limits, without boundaries. In other words, you should say my life is going to be a life without walls, without boundaries, without limits. And God is telling you today, I myself will be a wall of fire around you and I will be the glory within your heart, declares the Lord. This year. 
2020, God is calling you to be a person without limits. Can you believe that? Can you receive that? Now, if you can't, what are you measuring with? Your strength? Your abilities? Today, as you think about these things, are you measuring or are you standing on his word that has no limits? Are you measuring or are you standing on his promises that are yes and amen? Church, let 2020 be a year of opportunities. Let this new year be a year of supernatural favor of God in your life. Let 2020 be a year of peace in your life and in your home. Let this year be the year that you feel God's presence in your life like you've never felt it before. Let this year be a year of open doors in your life. Let 2020 be a year of healing in your life. So get ready for what is good. Get ready for what is holy. Get ready for the blessing that God has for you in 2020 because if you will let him, this will be your year. This will be your year. Now, the best way to ensure the blessings of God is to make sure that we're in line with God and His Word. As we begin a new year, I can't think of a better way than to start by celebrating the Lord's Supper. What better way to start a new year than to be in communion with the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we're told to observe the Lord's Supper in remembrance of our Savior, Jesus Christ. When we look back to the cross, we're reminded of our Lord's sacrifice, how He gave Himself unselfishly, how He gave Himself completely as the atonement for our sins. Jesus Christ died for every person in this room without exception. And so because of Calvary and Jesus dying on the cross, we have an open invitation, each one of us, to come to his table and feast on his love and his grace. Because here's the thing, friend, we don't come today to honor a dead legend. We come to the table of a vibrant, risen, alive Christ who is active in our everyday lives. Calvary isn't a shrine. The tomb isn't a national park. The resurrection is not a monument. Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, is alive and well today. And no matter what this next year brings, I will live with a blessed hope that my Lord and Savior is coming back to this earth again. The sea walker is coming back walking on the clouds. The blind man healer is coming back to heal this old sin-cursed world. And he's coming back in all of his glory, his glory of holiness, his glory of justice, and his glory of love. Our risen Lord is coming again. And if nothing else good happens to you in 2020, you can rejoice in that. And so today we're going to celebrate the table of Jesus Christ. But I want you to know that he doesn't want any empty seats. And there's really not any reason 
that everyone in here today shouldn't partake in this special occasion. You see, that's because 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28 says, Let a person examine himself. And this way, let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. For so many years, people have used that scripture to scare them away, to keep them from taking communion. Oh, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to eat unworthily. No, that's not what that means. What it's saying is we have a chance to examine ourselves, to get things right with God so we can come to the table, so we can be worthy to partake of our Lord's sacrifice. And that's what we're going to do today. And so if each one of you, as you examine yourself, what do you see? Now, I understand life can fog our vision. It can fog our hopes, and sometimes it can even fog our faith. That's not uncommon. And because of that, it's easy to lose focus, and sometimes it's easy to give up, and sometimes easy to give in. Perhaps that's where you find yourself today. But listen to me. Listen to me. If Jesus, with all of the agonies that hell thrust upon him, could cry out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, I can assure you he will certainly welcome you to his table today and forgive you of anything and everything you've done. Today, he offers you his peace and everlasting life. Bow your heads with me if you would. Are you in the place where God wants you to be today? You see, because for this to be your year, you need to be. And so what do you need to do to get in alignment with God's Word? Now, whether you know Jesus Christ, but yet there are some things in your heart that you need to get covered under His blood. Or, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus before, I want you to know, He's waiting just for you. With open arms. He's waiting for you. So if you need prayer today, for Jesus to come into your heart and forgive your sins, would you raise your hand with heads bowed? There are things in your life that you need forgiveness for. need to be born again so you can come boldly to his table of grace. Anyone else? I would ask that everyone repeat this prayer with me. As we say it together as a congregation. And if you're sincere, when you say these words, the Bible says you will be saved. 
Repeat this with me if you would. Heavenly Father, I come to you with sin in my life. Today I need your forgiveness. Lord, I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you rose again on the third day. I believe with all my heart that you are coming back for me. Lord, I turn away from the sins of my past. Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. I confess I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome. Welcome to the family.